This official final episode of Lee Raid Ratings is a clip show feature showcasing funny or interesting moments that weren't able to be included in final episode versions. Please enjoy. Hey everyone, my name's Monica. And I'm Josh. And we, we rate ratings. Because people have opinions. But there are two sides to every story. before we introduce our guest as a um, way to end off our last episode I did something (laughs) on well I was talking to our editor Jeffrey Kelly and I was like how do we end the show off on a boom I was like well maybe what we can do is that we reach out to some of our prior guests and get them to review us like our show Mm. and so that's I have two pulled up right now and we're probably going to have to like do like another installment of this at a later time because I only got two responses from Meredith Cummings and Tom Ehrenberg. Oh no, I'm nervous. (laughs) I had, for those of you wondering, I had no idea this was taking place. You're right. I I excited him. I was in the middle of a back-to-back soccer (laughs) stunt like just watching for four hours and she she sends me this document and she goes don't open it you're gonna kill me i'm like it's okay though it's okay though i'll hold out i'll hold i'll be patient right well i can start off with meredith and by the way y'all um i basically sent out these emails to our prior guest and i was like oh hey just like review us five out of five with a couple of sentences basically and so when Meredith and Tom responded back to me. What I basically did was like I copied over the review portions and like pasted them into this Google Doc. I didn't really look at them. I maybe saw one or two words and I was like, I gotta save this. I need this to be a general genuine reaction from me and Josh. So I can start with the first one from Meredith. And um she starts off by saying, I definitely give this show a five out of five. Because the host, Monica and Josh, are awesome. They are also JC students. So if they're not, it's a reflection on our teaching. No no pressure, but no not, pressure. Not the hanging sort of of my head. I'm like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like there's a blade just right above me swinging, and it's on like the thinnest cord right now. Right. It's like a Edgar Allan Poe, the pit and the pendulum. Yes. I didn't know I was on the hot seat right now, but okay, we're off to a good start. Good start, Meredith. And uh, the next paragraph reads, I also enjoyed this because I love to hear what students have to say about other professors. Man, were there some zingers in there. It was great to grab the popcorn and listen to what students had to say about my JCM colleague, Tom Ehrenberg. I'm surprised he was able to do it, given his packed social schedule down on the strip and entertaining masses with karaoke. Oh, we'll have to talk to him about that. (laughs) Well, I... Right. Thank you, Professor Ehrenberg. Right. We want to know. Just answer us on Twitter. It's okay. Right. <laughs> us on Twitter. Yes. And I was about to say, I forgot to add this, but um, 
when I reached out to both of them, Meredith initially replied with, oh, is it all right if me and Tom kind of rip on each other, you know, lightheartedly? Not that bad. And I was like, yeah, of course, we support that. <laughs> we support we collaborations. Support, yeah, we support the mindful roasting. Right. It's Just always a, encouraged. Like a light little singe, but it's fine. But she ends off with, this show is a pleasure to be on, and I'm thrilled the CW took on such an endeavor. Wow, she said endeavor. I feel like I'm on some sort of like, I feel like I just directed a movie and I'm on some sort of like The Guardian or IMDb review or something. Right, it's like- I feel very esteemed right now. It's like when the genius has the people, like singers on with popular songs. They're like, (laughs) what does this lyric mean? And I, I don't know. Oh yeah, and they're like, they're like it's about the it's about the trials and tribulations and the the duality of man. Meanwhile, <laughs> wow, I thought it was just like <laughs> beach to so sunny outside. Me and my girls by the pool, summertime. Right, there's some great funny clips from that. Kind of speaking on that topic, but we're not going to talk about that. Let's move on to Tom Ehrenberg's review, which is a little bit longer, but that's fine. Josh, do you want to take it away? I will take the mic. It says, We Rate Ratings gets a five from me. I had a great time talking to Monica and Josh. Some of those questions were hard, though. Really made me think, which isn't easy on a live recording. That's true. But that's what good interviewers are supposed to do. And they didn't shy away from the negatives, which is good, too. We Rate Ratings gets a 3.5 for Degree of Difficulty. I love how he included the metrics. Right. I did kind of ask him to model it after Rate My Professor. What a mindful man. That's awesome. I love that. Okay, on to the next graph. One of my objectives was to be more entertaining than my esteemed department colleague, Meredith Cummings, who did installment number two. That wasn't hard, of course. (laughs) I was surprised they could get her off of social media long enough to do an interview. (laughs) We're going to have to see after reading these who did the better roasting. Right. Who needs to go back to the bench. Both of these are good, though. I love both of these. We Rate Ratings is a great idea by Monica and Josh in the Crimson White. I'm in favor of anything that helps students and professors understand each other better. Thank you for including me. Also... Not to proofread. Was Meredith, wasn't she the pilot episode? I think she was. Oh, oh no, Professor Ehrenberg. Well, we caught him on an oopsie. We caught him on a la-la loopsie. Well, you know what? Sometimes I have to fact check myself. No, it's okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. No, no, I loved it. Though. Who do you think did a better job at sort of gotcha the other mm-hmm. that's a it was tip. good they both did good yeah i mean i feel like here's the thing i love meredith we all know this i love her all, let's set a disclaimer all right we we love these people these professors both but man meredith's on twitter more than i am and i'm like a gen zer millennial which is like an impressive feat, don't get me wrong. I wish I was more active on Twitter. But I feel like Tom's, you know, um, roast about her social media usage, you know, was a little bit um, not nuanced. But it was clever. We'll say that. It was clever. I liked it. But I can't. Oh, you can go. And I will say giving 
her the benefit of the doubt, though. Hers was more surprising to me. Right. Like, I, I feel like... I feel like Professor Ehrenberg had the better roast, but hers genuinely surprised me more than Professor Ehrenberg's because it's true. We see Professor Cummings all the time. to write um I would thank god this didn't exist when I was a student I but I still can't imagine I say thank god it, it is a really great tool but I can't imagine ever having I just never wrote anything like that or thought anything like that about my professors and I'm not just saying that I know a lot of college students might but I just couldn't ever picture that and I think it's just fairly fairly creepy like <laughs> you know like um I'm sorry that was my cat who wants to be <laughs> looking at his little tails was sticking up so I was like oh I'm prepared to hear him <laughs> do you all have the ability to edit this <laughs> that's totally fine okay this, this is Piper um and usually if I pick her up she'll be really quiet uh that was a very, that was like a pained meow though. Like she was really <laughs> upset. Uh, yeah, she recently had a stroke and so she's having some issues. So I felt like I had to pick her up. But one question we were both kind of curious to ask is what was your zodiac sign? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm basically Libra all the way down. Oh. I wouldn't have guessed that. I, I don't know that, why, but that does make sense. I think that my my moon is in Pisces, but like basically okay. everything else is 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 Libra. Um, oh, we love somebody that knows their yeah. not just their sun, but their moon. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, sun, the, the whole three, the big three. It's yeah. called the big three: moon, sun, sun and rising. Sun yeah, Libra, okay. Libra rising. Oh, Venus in Libra. I'm trying to remember oh. what else, but it's it's basically yeah, really yeah. really strong Libra energy. Yeah, sorry, you, you cut it. You cut it out a little bit there at the end, oh, but okay. I, I, I think I caught what you're after. Um, are you good? Hang on, somebody's dropping a package by my house. You're good. Um, you're good. So let me introduce you to all my dogs. Oh my goodness! Dog talk. Dog vlog. Dog with a vlog. That's right. This four. Oh. All right, pups. Y'all are good. Y'all are good. Um, yeah, we have four, four big dogs. Um, so they, uh, um, nobody can come close to our house without the whole world knowing. Um, uh, well, I'm thrilled that that's the case. Um, you want the names of some students who don't like me at all because I got them. They're out there. Um, I think one thing 
that helps me in addition to loving what I do and loving the subject and believing it's important things we've already talked about. You know, it wasn't that long ago that I was a student too. Um, Cause when I decided I'd had enough of my journalism career, I went back to school at the university of Alabama to get my master's degree. I was what they call a non-traditional student translation oldest dirt and in the process of getting your degree um were you what would be some particular challenges that you had to face in those two years like are there any that just jump off the page of like this was hard to do but i overcame it and accomplished it oh gosh josh and Monica, how much time do you have? <laughs> this is a four-hour podcast, right? Right. <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I'm not going to get specific and numerical here, Josh, but the number of decades between my undergrad degree and my graduate degree, um, quite substantial. Um, so, I mean, I didn't remember anything about what it was like to go to college because it wasn't back then anything like what it is now. Um, I had a number of challenges from really small, stupid stuff. Um, at the risk of embarrassing myself, I'll go ahead and tell you this one. But like before my very first day of my first semester of my first year, I'm trying to figure out where I'm supposed to go and when I'm supposed to go to my classes. And I'm looking on my Bama and I'm looking at days that the classes meet. And I have a class with an R. Well, there's no day of the week that begins with R. I don't know when the hell I'm supposed to go to this class. I didn't know what R meant. I'd ask someone what R meant. So I was like hysterical for a day and a half because I didn't know what R meant. Anyway, I figured that out. have any particular recommendations of local poets or authors here in Alabama and in Tuscaloosa that you just want to shout out real quick? Um, I would like to um, definitely shout out two of our book club members. We have an open book club here um, that I run. And two of them, uh, Carolyn Breckenridge, she, um, she's become such a close friend. Um, she's unbelievable. And uh, she writes... Um, mysteries she's written children's novels on, under carolyn ezel um but her short stories um under kaleidoscope jane incredible um, and she's just an amazing person and her husband also writes mysteries under uh, james ezel um want to shout out um alina stefanescu out of birmingham she is an amazing poet um, my brain will never function like hers. She is just on a different level of humanity. Like that, I, I'm always in awe of, of what she has to say. And if you haven't read any of her stuff, you need to. Um, 
there's so many more. <laughs> there's tons and tons of people that are just incredible. Um, there's also, okay, so there's this book that came out in 2020 that um, we read for book club because uh, we do focus on West Alabama authors. Another perk of having a, an indie bookseller is they open up their book clubs to you and off, often offer space. Um, her name is Kristen Lambert, um, and I think that's what she writes under. It might be, yeah, it's, it's Kristen Lambert. She has, I won't say her, her real name, but um, her book, The Boy in the Red Dress, um, is an unbelievable, it's like a solid murder mystery for YA and also I've never seen the level of LGBTQ representation in a YA novel like this. I mean, it is, it, it takes place, I think, in the 1920s. So it, it really was incredible. And it was published by a major publisher. But because it came out in June of 2020, you know. <laughs> so I'm hoping yeah. she'll be a part of this event, too, because... Um, the only event that we were able to do was the book club, which is great. I mean, part of the reason why we do um, we do focus on West Alabama authors is that we can have them come to the meeting so we can, you know, pester them with questions. <laughs> but um, I guess one of the beauties, the beautiful things about the pandemic was the, the virtual element that we could bring in, and we actually were able to branch out even further. Um, but we do like to highlight our locals, so... <laughs> easier of a space to, to maneuver in um, but this house is getting ready to turn 100 and I would be sad to miss that so um, we do even have like a little spirit who m makes themselves known from time to time especially during the holidays um, I, I think she's a she it feels like a feminine energy um, really loves Christmas music and if that Coral of the Bells song uh, is on by Mannheim Steamroller, I think it's Mannheim Steamroller, um, she won't let me turn the radio off until it finishes. So <laughs> I was like, okay, well, you are, you are a holiday spirit. <laughs> Do you have a name for them or her? We call her Mrs. Brown uh, because it was Dr. Brown who built the house. Um, and, the, and the one next door um, that the, the, the Brown House lawyer crew they're operating out of. Um, he built the, uh, the house next door for his home and this this house for his business. Um, we had a, a ghost hunter come through um, a couple years ago and um, we did the whole EVP thing and uh, we didn't pick up on anything notable at the time, but um, my mom ran into them at the grocery store like a few months afterwards and was like, hey, did you ever you know, listen to the recordings? Did you pick up anything? And, uh, and the lady says, well, no, uh, but um, a few nights ago I was watching TV and I look over and sitting at the end of my couch is your spirit. <laughs> she had apparently come home with her. Apparently that's like a common thing for her is, you know, when they hear that somebody's paying attention and would like to communicate, they might just take off. So yeah, she, she only comes around during the holidays. It's, it's quiet right now. <laughs> Right. Did the idea of a having a ghost or spirit in the store frighten you at first? Were you comforted comforted by it because she seems overall friendly? Like, what was the emotional response there? 
well, me being a highly sensitive person, I'm usually kind of nervous about that idea. But I think because she made her presence known first through uh, Christmas music, I was like, well, that's just the most holly jolly thing I've ever heard of in the afterlife. So I don't know. I mean, every time I come in, when I open the door in the morning, I say, good morning, Mrs. Brown. When I close the door at night, I say, good night, Mrs. Brown. If she ever responds, I think I might drop dead right there. But so far, she's been super polite. Um, but it's just sort of acknowledge the presence and, and move on. My, my dog sometimes does some weird stuff when he's here, like we'll stare off. Um, but she seems to be really nice if, if she is really there. So I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've been in houses, I don't know. And we, we traveled to a lot of antebellum homes. My dad was, um, I mean, he's a anthropologist and a historian. So it seems like all of my childhood vacations were centered around civil war sites just because we were here. Um, and I, I did have an experience at a bed and breakfast that scared me to death. Um, and that was a different energy altogether. It was a very negative thing. Um, this does not feel like that. It does not feel like that at all. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where did your passion for animals come from and how have you made that a key component in your psych of learning class? Always had animals growing up. We've had deer, pigeons, I had pet rats, I had pet worms. Um, my mom would rescue animals and we would take care of them. We raised two deer and sent them to like a wildlife refuge where they're totally still running around having a great time today. Totally. Um, even though that was like 20 years ago. Um, and so I've always loved animals. We have a lot of cows. Our cows are pretty trained. Um, and so just watching my mom love animals and work with animals and my grandmother, um, there's a lot of really good examples out there with training animals. And, um, so I kind of, you know, I think the, the term of like training animals tends to get like a, a bad rap, like, oh, you're abusing your dog. But I'm like, so I try to show them examples. This, my dog is safer because he doesn't do these behaviors or he's safer because, you know, he does this when I tell him to. Um, and so there's a lot of really great examples out there um, of animals. And it's just something that fits really easily because in Psych of Learning, you've got Skinner, he's got pigeons and rats and you know that's the examples i do try to throw in human examples um but sometimes that's a little more difficult for me because training animals definitely sounds way better than training people <laughs> and something i'm sure you would love to talk about since this review does mention your dog would you briefly want to tell the listeners about your dog he is a, um, he's at least 10 because he's a rescue. He came from the Humane Society. And um, he is a butterscotch Pomeranian, which means he's white with little brown and black spots. And he's very well behaved. 
Like he gets that like stereotype where people are like, oh, he doesn't act like a regular Pomeranian. I'm like, he's a precious angel. That's why. Um, but uh, you know, his name is Sniper because it's a really vicious name for like such a butterscotch dog. Um, but yeah, he's he is basically just perfect. I will never have another dog like him. So I try to cherish any moment we get to spend together. I'm like, there's never going to be another dog that suits me as well as him. Are there any quirks with Sniper that are your particular favorite or that you've never had with any prior dog or pet? He's just really well behaved. He is a people pleaser. He loves everybody. Um, He is always in a good mood. Uh, my mom's dog is completely the opposite, so it really, you know, exemplifies like, how wonderful my dog is. Um, but my mom says, like, he's just not smart enough to figure out that he doesn't have to listen to you. <laughs> but he does listen to me, so. A reviewer that we didn't include for the sake of time, but who's from one of your History 106 classes this past April, mentioned that you love to discuss video games. So do you have any video game recommendations? Oh, yes. Let me look on my shelf. Um, (laughs) The Mass Effect uh, Remastered Trilogy, I'm about to dive into that. I want to get that knocked out before um before the semester starts so that i can completely just enjoy that trilogy it's my favorite game series of all time mass effect so they've remastered it um i i've really enjoyed ghost of tsushima it's a playstation 4 exclusive it's supposed to be even better on playstation 5 but i have not gotten my hands on a ps5 yet so that was really good I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in replay mode right now of games that I've played before and, and, and enjoying again. So I'm replaying uh, Final Fantasy um, 15, um, which is kind of a slog this time. It was more fun the, the first time I played it. I'm replaying Dead Space, which is it's kind of like Alien, um, the video game to some degree, because you, you're, um, you're, an, you're it's a horror game set in space. And I just got through playing Resident Evil 8, which was phenomenal. Um, the first person view that they changed to is, is really scarier. Um, and, uh, I really enjoyed that. And let me see, let me just look at my trophies and achievements and I can tell you what else I've played lately. Um, well, I'm, I'm still playing. I started playing this last year, Assassin's Creed Valhalla that has taken forever. I'm like 90 hours into this game and I feel like I've barely scratched the surface, but it too was good. And uh, my daughter and I tried to play Sonic Generations together, oh, yeah. and basically I ended up playing it because she gets she gets kind of frustrated. She's she's not quite five, and um, so you know it's a little bit harder for her. And I I replayed through uh, a game called Control, and one of my students recommended um, Hollow Knight, so I just bought that actually yesterday. So I'm going to give that a go as soon as I knock out some of this. I, I play many games at one time, just depending on my mood. But I want to clear the clear the the the, the backlog and start on Hollow Knight, which is an interesting sort of two D game. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. 
This podcast is a Crimson Y production co-hosted by Monica Nakashima and Josh Liberti. The audio editing and mixing was produced by Monica, Josh, and Crimson Y culture editor Jeffrey Kelly. The introduction song featured is Stardust by Jay Jen, taken from YouTube channel Audio Library Plus, which offers downloadable free and safe music for content creators without copyright issues.